It is good to be back. <laughs> back on Dying this Hill. <laughs> You've gotten so much smoother with this board, my friend. We we called it. We called it. So little much smoother. Little by little. Little by little. I mean, come on. First time you put the chipmunk thing on, we were stuck in chipmunk mode for like five straight minutes. You just could not shut it off. It did not. Or you'd get yours off. And, and I couldn't I get still, yours off. I still sounded like a chipmunk. So, I mean, your, your, your skills are improving, my friend. Very, very proud of you and, and happy to be back to die on this hill, even though the end of this show is not going to be the most enjoyable experience for me. But Speaking we'll, of which, one of us is going to have to run down. I forgot I'm in the garage. Oh, good. So they can be nice and cold. And You want to get them now? I mean, I'll... No, no, no. I'll give you a minute. No, no. We'll, 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 we'll get to the... We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to there and... Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll pay the consequences. Speaking, speaking of why you're going to pay those consequences, um, yeah, how about them Chiefs? <laughs> oh for 4 picking against the Chiefs Viva in the playoffs. Las Vegas. <laughs> hey, Vegas looked like they did a good job, man, I, and nobody got arrested, no players, you know. I, mean, I believe Andy Reid and Mahomes are the winningest coach and QB in uh, – Allegiant Stadium history. Yeah, no, they've won, they've won more games there than the Raiders have. It, it's crazy to think in that stadium they've run won more games than the Raiders. <laughs> oh man, well when you go from Derek Carr to Jimmy G, I mean you're not really in a position where you're rocking and rolling with uh, with the best uh, best rosters. And I mean, no, but the best rosters were on the field on Sunday, and <clears throat> I, I mean not to jump ahead here, but the first half. I mean, come on, that first half. But it was brutally boring. What was that, Andy? <laughs> right? Yeah, that was the first half of the game right there. And uh, yeah, it was a good game. San Fran up double digits, feeling good about themselves in the second half. And then that's when the tide turned. And that's where the game got interesting. And that's when it got like, to be honest, it was a fun Super Bowl. For, oh, yeah. for not having any vested interest in it other than the couple of stupid prop bets I did and, you know, uh, you know, box pools I got in there. This game was just fun. And uh, especially at the end and why. I mean, we can get into the why's, I guess, but. More of the how do they blow this? And is it just a Shanahan problem? Because. Uh, you have a double digit. Why did they get away from running the ball in the second half? That's the number I, I, one question I have for you. Why did they get away from their identity? Why did they get away from what they were successful doing the entire first half? And also not giving the ball consistently by running the ball to their best player. No disrespect to Ayuk or Kittle or Debo Samuel, but there's no ifs, ands, or buts that McCaffrey is the best player. I mean, you could argue outside outside of the quarterback position, McCaffrey was the best player on the entire field for both teams. Yeah, like I mean, you take quarterback out of the out of the conversation, and he to me is definitely the best player. So, when you really think about it, they start the second half with back to back three and outs and six straight passing plays. Like, how do you how do you do that? Like, you you got a ten point lead. Like, why? What's what? Why? It it, it made it no the, sense. It. it it makes you think back to when you think of that Baltimore game. That was a close game, and Baltimore just didn't run the ball. And Kansas City pulls away. Right? Like, Buffalo gets away from running the ball in a close game. Like, 
I don't know if it's a fear on the coaching side where you're like, well, we've got to make sure we're scoring plenty of points. So the easiest way to do that is throwing the ball. So why don't we throw the ball? I, I mean, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the thought process or it's a fear thing. Because there is a Mahomes effect, right? When you get those great players, the Mahomes, the Bradys, or you think LeBron or Jordan or like, you know, uh, Gretzky, like whatever, right? Like you think of the these great players that have played in, in, in all the major sports out there. And when it's a close game, the team on the other side, without a doubt, thinks about the fact that that other team has that great player. Whether it impacts how they play, I it, I mean, when you watch it, 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 at least this game looked like it impacted how they were coaching. And I, I don't understand how you get away from doing something that, A, you were successful doing, B, was one of the Chiefs' defense. It was the only thing that they were bad at. Their corners are good coverage guys. They can play the intermediate and deep routes. They can, like, run the ball at them. I, that, that one I don't get. But, I mean, Shanahan now... Offensive coordinator of the 28-3 uh, Atlanta Falcons that lost to the Patriots having a 25-point lead. First ever Super Bowl to go to overtime. 2020 up 10 against Kansas City. Blow that and lose. And then this year, up 10. Coaches again in the only uh, second Super Bowl to ever go to overtime and all three comes out the loser even though he had a, a two score lead or two score or more lead in each one of the games i don't know how you do it you do it by getting away from your identity you do it by not utilizing the best player on the field and you do it by exactly the way he did it time and time again and then the other thing that really bothered me and they've tried to spin it since it's come out but i don't care how you spin it it's a bad look how do you not know the overtime rules? How do you not know the... And I get it that this was the first year of the new rules, but even still, like, what are you doing? You're going to give Mahomes a chance to win the game? You, like, you know that's what they want. Yep. You gave... The coin flip didn't even matter. Why not just say, what do you guys want? You, you just take it. Whatever you want to do, we're fine with. Because that's pretty much what they... It, it made... No sense. Can you make any sense of it? And then the excuses they've come out with that, oh, well, they practiced for it, but they didn't practice for it, and he knew about it, but he didn't know about it, and he still thought that they would have, you know, be able to hold him or, and get the ball back in a sudden death situation. But it's all nonsense. We know he didn't really know it. We know they didn't study it the same way that Kansas City studied it, and that's the reason that it went exactly the way Kansas City wanted it to go in that in that in that OT. And uh, I mean, everybody in the stadium in the world saw the writing on the wall. If you were watching that game, oh yeah, you knew that when after they kicked that field goal, it was over. Oh, yeah. They were driving down the field and they were scoring a touchdown, and that was uh, it, it. It was written. It oh, it, it was it was it was scripted, as so many like to say. Um, so the only excuse that I I will give Shanahan, and I don't even think he came out and said it. But it's the only thing that makes any sense to me is that that defense literally just was on the field for like a 12 play drive that led to the game time field goal that forced overtime. Right. So there's no denying. And you you saw it in the game. Like you could tell the Chiefs defense, especially their front seven, were getting tired. 
So the only excuse that I think he should have came out and said was we wanted the ball because we wanted to give our defense a chance to catch their breath. Right. You say that, then you're playing. You sound like you're playing it the way you believe is giving your team the best chance to win. But when you hear the reports that were coming out of the locker room that like the, the Niners players were like, we didn't even know like that, like they got the ball or, you know, we didn't even know whatever the excuse. I remember reading the whole little quote and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that's a failure on the coaching level. And you know, you go back to what we talked about last week, right? We were talking about how very evenly matched these teams were across the board. And the one area, well, the two areas were the tight end position, which statistically we saw who was the much better tight end. But the one area where you were very adamant that the chiefs had a major advantage was at coaching and Andy Reid over Shanahan. And if there wasn't a better way to say, I told you so, I can't find it because I think it's it's called getting slapped in the face with a tortilla. Ah, oh, son of a bitch! Oh, we I talked was trying. About I was trying to tell you, but we, they were the two most important people on the field. You had Mahomes and Andy Reid. To me, they were the two most important factors in the game. When you they were they were above, in my opinion, a step above where Purdy and Shanahan were, and it played out just like I thought they got. <laughs> You know, I um, f- unfortunately for the Niners, who are now this is the third time in the last ten years they've made the big game, and and not won. But I, I mean, I've heard some people make the comparison to Buffalo from the '90s, but again, that was four straight. I think that's a whole different style. Yeah. That's that it, they're the only team in NFL history to go to four straight Super Bowls. That tells you how hard that is. Oh, it's incredibly but, difficult. So, like, nobody's ever three-peated, by the way. So yeah. that I mean, I'll, to be honest, I think that's the real reason Kelsey's coming back. I've already heard they're going to rework Andy um, Andy Reid's deal because right now he's the third highest paid in his division, not just oh in the God. NFL, in the division because he's now behind oh, Harbaugh, uh, Harbaugh, and he's behind uh, Peyton in Denver, I believe. Oh yeah, because they gave Peyton a boatload of money to come be. So he's be the third highest paid in his division. He's won three Super Bowls in the last five years. Like I'm sorry. Pay that man his money. Yeah, well, they like. they, they, they already, uh, I saw earlier today, they already gave Spags a, a new uh, contract. Which, he beat him straight I down. mean, that, that man, he, he's great at calling a defense. He wasn't even a horrible head coach either, but he just, you know, I, I, I said it the, uh, on my uh, Twitter account, uh, David Hast- at David Hastings, tw- oh, I'm sorry, X account, uh, David Hastings 23. Um, I said it the other day where I hate, how, you know, people talk about like, oh, well, that coordinator wasn't a good head coach, so he's not actually a good coach. And it's like, no, like there's great coordinators that just aren't good head coaches. Great coordinators are great schemers and game planners. Great head coaches are great leaders of men, right? Like, especially when it comes to football. Like, so. Like Dan Quinn, much better defensive coach than he is a head coach. Why he's going back to head coaching and not staying with Dallas blows my mind. Um, again, Spags, another guy like these guys are better, way better. And I think it could be the same, but again, I, you can't really say that about Shanahan because he blew it as an offensive coordinator (laughs) in Atlanta too. But, uh, you know, some guys are just, and you know, not to say they got to stay in their lane, but you can still make a lot of money as a defensive coordinator, especially if you're a successful one. So glad to hear that they re-upped Spags on a new deal. 
Um, I think a new one's coming for Andy Reid, too, because I don't think he's staying the third highest paid coach in the division for very long. No. Uh, And, yeah, I I look at this team, and I think that they have a solid shot. I'm not going to call it now and say they're three-beaten, but I think they got a solid shot at it because you have a lot of the same returning players coming back next year. He's already beaten them. Lamar Jackson can't get over the hurdle. Joe Buffalo, Burrow. even Joe, at their, Joe, Joe Burrow even at their the house, all, but is he going to come? But is he going to come back the same player? Is he going to come oh, back yeah, healthy? No, I'm not saying like but that's like, the, I mean, like that's that. But that's where you're talking about. Unless a one-off somebody comes up like that, maybe Trevor Lawrence takes the next step next year. Maybe C.J. Shroud does it again. You know, m- maybe there are some factors. But again, who out there right now are you going to take over Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in a big game? And that's what it's going to come down to. And I don't think you're going to be able to keep them out of the playoffs. So I want to know who next year is going to be able to knock them off that hill. Yeah, like, nah, they, well, they, like who? Because otherwise, they're going to die on another championship, right on top of that hill, right yeah. where they've been. Like they're they're, they're just chilling it, on the top it, of that mountain right now. And they're not going from from you know back to back Super Bowl wins and what five AFC championships or six AFC championships in a row. And to be in a position where they don't even make the playoffs. The biggest thing to me for them, Chris Jones, uh, one of their starting quarter cornerbacks is also a pending free agent. Like, you know, keeping that defense together, that's going to be hard to do. But, you know, they're going to give that a shot. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they got to get better at wide receiver. They have to. Like, to me... If financially they can make it work, could you imagine giving Patrick Mahomes like Mike Evans? Like, could you imagine? Like, I'm I'm just saying, right? Like, I I don't think it happens, right? I don't think financially they're going to be able to afford it. I also don't think Tampa uh, Tampa Bay is going to go down without a fight trying to keep Mike Evans. But if you think about it, though, Mahomes has been able to do it with nobodies, with new guys, with young guys. Like, he, I I don't know if you need to go out and spend the money on that. Oh, I'm not saying. I, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if you need to go out. And, I mean, maybe if he's coming for, like, a team-friendly deal, yeah, of course you're going to take a talent like Mike Evans. But I, you've seen what he does. He, he, they got rid of they, – they let go of the best wide receiver in football and have now gone on to win back-to-back championships. It just tells you that he doesn't need any more weapons than he actually has already. Like, he makes magic with whatever you give him. Like, that's – that's the mark of, to me, a great quarterback because the same thing Brady did too. Brady took guys like Amendola and Wes Welker and, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, he had, what, Randy Moss for two seasons, three well, seasons, a couple I mean, seasons. I mean, like, they, the year that he had Randy Moss, he didn't get a ring, but he did. they did go 16-0. and 0. They they had the first ever on And the one giant loss. Yeah, I know. Fucking but I'm just saying, so they can't, but again... That was he had the best he had the best wide receiver then and he didn't win. He won with all the other guys. Yeah. He won with Gronkowski, a great tight end. He ran with an okay, you know, run game and offensive he had a good offensive line and they played good defense. And that's exactly what Andy Reid has been doing with Kansas City. Yeah. So if you surround this man with people, and again, the egos aren't getting too big. I mean, yeah, you see it a little bit here and there, but I mean they still stay hungry somehow. Like, they don't let it, like I said, they, they don't seem to be t- a team that takes a year off. That just, you know, goes away, you know, oh, we've won, you know, we're happy. Just, they want the three-peat. You heard them talking about it after the game, about no team has done it. You know, that's part of the reason Kelsey's coming back, I believe, because he wants to try for that. Th- and I, right now, I mean, I, the NFC, 
I think you could end up with the, the same team coming out next year. I mean, who, who's really going to, who's, you know, you look at maybe the Eagles, maybe the Cowboys, maybe some other team, maybe Detroit again. But for the most part, you're probably looking at maybe, you know, a good 45% chance at San Fran's coming yeah, out of there. They, they would definitely be your betting favorite for, uh, for, for the, the NFC. NFC. Yeah. And we've already talked about how Allen and Jackson and these guys haven't been able to get over the hump. And yeah, Burrow did. But was that a one-off? He's coming back off injury. Who knows? I got to think they have a fighting chance at it. Like, I'm not going to say that they should be the bet in favor for next year. But I wouldn't be surprised. And I want to know who next year playoff time. Because you know they're getting in. Whether Even if they don't win a division. Even if the Chargers come out under Harbaugh and are great. They're getting in as a wild card. They're getting in somewhere. Who's beating them? That's what I want to know. Because now they've proven they can win on the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's another notch on the belt. And, you know, that's what makes the great the great ones so great is that one or two or whatever number you're talking about is never enough. They're constantly driven to get more and get more and prove people wrong because, you know, next year if they have a slow start or they start, like, I mean, come on, after they lost to Detroit and the way those wide receivers played, especially Tony, and that guy basically cost them the freaking game against Detroit, like, they, you were questioning them. Then they get halfway through the season, they're they're barely above 500, and you're questioning them. They're they're struggling here. They, they go and, you know, they almost lose to the Jets. They lose to this team, whatever, right? But again, when it's all said and done, when you get to the playoffs, who's going to have the ability and the mental toughness to knock them off their throne? And it's whoever has it is going to have to have a special game. They're going to have to. They're going to have to have a very special plan. They're going to have to have things break their way because you're not. If everything's equal across the board, there's re, it's really hard to picture any team in the AFC or NFC beating this team. Right, if turnover differentials the same and injuries are the same, I think one of the things that really hurt San Francisco was Drake Greenlaw going down. That was sad to see that man tear his ACL because he's just so excited to run out onto the field and play, and he tears his ACL. Yeah, like worst. And like to me, it's not even like the dumb time where what was the one kicker you saw jump up to celebrate making a field goal and he ended up tearing his ACL when he landed, like. I can't remember who the kicker was, but it's happened a couple times when guys just jump up, not even just kickers, but where guys jump up to celebrate and they land awkward or their knee just gives for some reason and they tear tear ligaments in their leg. I mean, this man like literally just went to plant his foot to run out and his foot slipped a little bit, but the cleat grabbed the ground enough that his knee just turned and down on the ground and you could see... Fred Warner turn around and just put his hands on his head because he could I don't know if it was because Greenlaw screamed in pain or what but he knew the second he saw Greenlaw that that was not good and that man probably was not stepping back on that field and I think that really did hurt San Francisco especially as the game wore on and Kansas City was doing a little bit more of a, a run heavy offense and play action and things like that I think that really hurt them too that, that was a rough, that was a rough blow for San Francisco I 100% agree. I mean, he was a difference maker on defense. He's, uh, and again, non-contact injuries. When you just watch him go down, like you said, he's excited to get back on the field. Nothing was happening. Like, those to me are the worst because it just takes a guy's dream. It takes everything. It takes it away from him when 
Especially it was nobody's moment. fault. Like yeah. it wasn't his fault. It wasn't uh, the opponent's fault. It, it, it was just an accident. Yeah. It just something that happened. It's just that part of your body gave out, unfortunately, and that's the saddest part of it because you know, again, just sucks the life out of you a little bit defensively too. Especially when you, like you said, you see Warner, his reaction, like you know, it had to deflate them at least a little bit. Oh yeah. And then, again, even if that distracts them for a moment in time where they're thinking about him and not thinking about the play on the field or not thinking about, you know, just that little bit of distraction could be enough to for a big play to happen. Yeah. For something yeah. weird, you know. And, you know, things like that do play a factor. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, it. What when you're in a game that was as tight as it was in that moment, it just makes it that much worse because you, especially for a guy, his skill set, you know, he's sitting there thinking he could have made a difference and helped make a tackle or make a stop. Or maybe he's in coverage on that, that game winning touchdown at the end. Like, and, and he breaks up that like, I can only imagine all the things that ran through his head and, and the impact that he could have potentially had on this game. And, you know, but speaking of impact and, and defensive guys having an impact, can we just say that, in my personal opinion, I think Chris Jones was the MVP of this game. I mean, that man broke through on a, two two different plays that if he didn't break through and get in Purdy's face, that they're touchdowns. I mean, definitely the MVP of the defense. I don't think you could take it away from Mahomes. I, I think what he did, the way he was able to lead that team, the way they were able to score, I think they have, in their last nine drives... In the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, I believe it is, they are six touchdowns, three field goals. I saw something like that where they like, like broke down like the the like, game winning no, drive opportunity yeah. and like their and success nobody even rates, comes like, close like yeah. nobody even comes close to it. Like yeah. they are, they're special. So I, I don't think you can take it away from Holmes. As great as Jones was, MVP of the defense, fantastic. You're 100 percent right. Difference maker getting in Purdy's face. But I don't think you take the MVP away from Mahomes. Oh yeah, trust me that that that's not a die on the hill argument for me, right? Like that, you know that that's for damn sure. But I do know that could be for Andy Reid though. How about that D? That's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be fun. Um, no, I, I'm not dying on that hill, but I definitely will say what Chris Jones was able to do. Um, and like I, you know, I, I also want to just say like because I don't think it should be ignored it like if brock like brock purdy played lights out in that first half first quarter they just couldn't finish towards the end you get the mccaffrey fumble in the red zone like you had some moments where he did everything you could ask that kid to do i think he started like eight of 11 or something like that for 100 like he his numbers were blowing mahomes out of the water but the problem was off as a whole for the offense they couldn't get in the end zone so they couldn't get a big enough lead going up against Mahomes and Kansas City to establish a comfort level where they were just straight pass rushing. And I, I just I do want to give him credit for how he started the game because he deserves the credit. He played really well. And that defense just played better in the second half. And I also think, like we talked about, Shanahan just got away from the run and, and offensively they became too predictable where Kansas City's corners were sitting on the routes. 
I mean, some of the pass breakups they had, I mean, they basically ran the route for the wide receiver. How many times do you see that against the Shanahan offense? Three in the Super Bowls that he's all he's been a part of where they lost. To me, there's something really to that. There's something to Shanahan going to and blowing all like you, you, at some point. If it happens once, man, that that's crazy. Twenty-eight to three, they come back. Wow, what a comeback! Then it happens a second time, and now it's happened a third time. At what point is it? You got to look at Shanahan and what he's that like. There's one common denominator. Yeah, it's him. Yeah, because it's not just him as a head coach; it's him as a coordinator. Yeah, he's the he's the play caller. He's the head coach. Like, so he there is, there is plenty of blame to be put on him. In the two Super Bowls, there's blame to be put on him as the offensive coordinator. I mean, there's there's a lot to it, and I just I don't know. You know, we're talking about the greatness of Mahomes. We're talking about the greatness of Andy Reid. A 10-point lead against that team is not really much of a lead at all, if you think about it. So the question is, is like the three that we're talking about, the man lost to Brady and Belichick, and the other two are Reid and Mahomes. So, I mean, it, as a fan, though I would hate to watch my team lose in the Super Bowl, as a fan... You told me I could watch Dallas get to the Super Bowl three times in the next decade, but they would lose all three. I'm still going to take watching them get to the Super Bowl three times. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I understand. But at what point do you learn from it, though? At oh, what point do you, do you... I mean, as a fan, I should have learned from it 20 in, years ago, but in, as a coach... That's but I'm saying insanity is, you know, definition of insanity is, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You're not, you're not going to get it. Like, you, you actually have to change your mindset. And until somebody can... Uh, until I could hear it from him explain to me why he changed the game plan in the second half, like, I need to understand... Like, even from a coaching perspective, like, how does that make sense? I get trying to switch it up, keep them on their toes, but to completely abandon it, I I just can't get over that. Like, that's the one thing I keep coming back to of you keep getting to the same spot. Yes, you have good teams. Yes, you're a good offensive mind. Yes, you're a good coach. Nobody's denying that he's a good coach. But is he ever going to take that step to being a great coach? And great coaches learn, and great coaches make changes, and make halftime adjustments, and do things, you know. And if they're kicking ass in a game and, and dominating a game, they continue to do that throughout yep, the game. Yep. You know, when is he going to take that step? Is he going? I'll ask you another question: Is he going to take that step? I mean, there is no way that they're getting rid of Shanahan. There's no. Oh way, no no. Right? And, and so, nor am I calling right, for a shot. Right, so, nor am I calling for oh, a yeah, shot. No no. Well, the the reason why I start my answer with that is just simply, he has no choice but to learn from it because if he doesn't, then he will lose his job. Because when it's all said and done, getting to Super Bowls is the goal, but winning it's the number one goal. So at some point, if you're the guy that just can't, well, um, you know, think back to. You know, some of these franchises were like they were right there, they were right there, they were right there, but they, they just couldn't get there and they had they changed that coach 
and take that next step and, and win that ring. Right, like name one for me though. Um, oh my God, it it was. It, in... it doesn't happen that often. No, it doesn't like... happen very often. But um, oh man, you you're putting me on the spot here because I definitely know this has happened. I'm trying to think where when it was. Oh, this is gonna get me. Let let me. I'll because I, I know kn- like Brady switched teams, went to a different head coach, but like and and then won. But like I'm trying to think of it from your perspective of a coach like being close. They get rid of the coach. Another coach comes in and takes him over the top. Was it L- was it the, it might have been basketball. It might have been the when the the Lakers brought in um Was it Denver, maybe you're thinking of with them bringing in Manning and then did they bring in a new coach or not? No, they had uh Kubiak. Kubiak. Was he there before prior to Manning? Uh, no, I think the, I think they hired Kubiak as the head coach to get Manning to come there. I think that's what it, I think that's why he got the because uh, he was the offensive coordinator and he got the head coaching job to help convince, like kind of like the Jets did. Yeah. Uh, well, we saw well, hack that, it. Saw how well that worked out. I don't think that guy can hack it in the NFL. He definitely uh, can. <laughs> like the wordplay, but you know, he definitely can. And. The fact that Aaron Rodgers is just holding that team hostage. He's got them by the oh, nuts. Oh, so bad. So oh, bad. I mean, they, they, they literally can't make a move without running it past so. them. It is hysterical. I mean, the fact that they they still don't have a backup quarterback. They, like, yeah, it just. <laughs> uh, I, look, I, I got I to say, like, overall, going back to the Super Bowl, I thought it was a great game. It was a hell of a lot of fun to watch, especially that second half. Um, I was pissed, though, because if it ended 16-13 in Kansas City, or 19-16, whatever it was that Kansas City tied it to go to overtime, if it did, if it ended without that KC field goal, I would have won my box pool that I was in. Chris, you know, 500 bucks, like, or 450 or whatever it was, and life would have been good, but Mahomes had to be Mahomes and do what he does. But overall, game ended up very entertaining. I like the new overtime rules, too. I do. I think it's right. Like, let each team possess the ball. Let each team have a chance to score. If you don't score, it's over. If you do score and tie it, then it goes to sudden death. Like, I really like that. Like, I thought that was really cool. Like, I I think that's a good way to do it because I never was a fan of the sudden death overtime, right? Like, because you're basically saying, like, it boils down to who wins a coin toss. Now, it didn't always go that way. And honestly, the odds are less, or the percentages are actually closer than I thought they were when I, last time I looked at this. It's more like, it's almost like, it was like something like 65, 35. Like if you won the coin toss, you had a 65% chance to win. But like, that's not a big difference in a football game. All you need is one bad pass or, you know, whatever, and, and you're you're screwed. But I do like the new overtime rules. I don't know what your thoughts are on them, but I do. I think like they're them. just pushing it closer and closer and closer to the college rules. I've always been. I, that's the one thing about college football I love. I love college overtime. I, I don't think there's a better way to do it. No, and I think to adapt it for the NFL, you just started at the forty instead of the twenty-five. Gives it a little bit more distance this way. If you even if you do get held there, you're trying a almost sixty-yard field goal. Like I. Uh, to me, that that I, I like that, but will they get there? Who knows? Um, 
I think I think the only reason and and but in college there you you don't punt. That's not even an option. You no, just, no, right? Like because I think that would be the NFL would be like, well, are we going to eliminate the punt? Pretty much in that overtime, yeah. in yeah, and you just swap the field like yeah. you don't punt. Yeah, because yeah, that to me would be fine. Because then it's one of those things where you're like, all right, well, if I don't get stopped, I'll just pin him, try to pin him inside the ten, and then I flip field position and, and no, I'm no, off no, no. And yeah, no, I'm I'm for the college way of you get a possession, they get a possession, you go back and forth. After the second one, you got to go for two, blah blah blah. So. Yeah, that, I, I think I think that would be a lot of fun in, in an over, especially for. Could you imagine for the Super Bowl, you wouldn't even have to be a fan of the game, and your ass would be on the edge of your seat watching that in the NFL. That's oh for yeah, sure. but that's why I think you know it's something I think they're going to end up exploring as the years go on. I guess they expanded to an eighteen game schedule, which you know they're going to do. Oh yeah, um, and I think you'll start to see some of these other rules change too. So. I think this is one of many overtime rule changes in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, but, yeah. And, uh, I mean, since it is Valentine's Day today that we're doing this, you know, what would you think of the Swifties? I mean, I love love. I mean, I, I thought it was. Oh, they were I thought adorable it was, on the field together. Not only that, but, I mean, the way she was cheering up in the box. like, And for all the haters out there, she got, like, less than a minute of screen time throughout a Three and a half, four hour yeah, broadcast. See, one one total percent of, of screen time she was on on the on, yeah. on your TV screen. Get out, you know. So I don't want to hear any complaints. But I mean, it was it was nice to see. Uh, I, Blake, they, Li- Blake you know, Lively had me when they got her on the replay screaming, "Oh my fucking god!" <laughs> like and you oh, could yeah. blatantly tell that's what she said. That one had me die, and I was like, oh, "I thought man. I thought it was a pretty good like stark contrast too between their box, which was party and having fun, pounding beers, like." And then they get, like if you look at Kit, like the Kardashian box, like with Bieber and the rest, they're like they, they might as well have been taking a nap. Yeah, like yeah, they could care less. It was such a difference in boxes. I would have totally preferred to have been up in the Swifty box because at least they were chugging beers and partying and having fun. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was pretty funny to see Goodell going over and talking to Swift because you know that he was like, "Hey, listen, if things don't work out with Kelsey." We got plenty of other, you know, good-looking, eligible bachelors here in the NFL for you to date. That, we, that. we can we can help set you up with anyone you want. You know, you just let me know if you need any help. That, that was the best thing I saw on Twitter before the game when people posted the video and they just put the caption, what's Goodell saying to Taylor Swift? And one of the people who responded, it, it like, literally said the same thing. And I was like, that is hysterical. Or the jokes with when Kelsey, like, bumped into Andy Reid all pissed oh, yeah. off. And it was like... Come on, coach. If we don't win, she's gonna dump me. And then another, the one with where they reference um, Adam Sandler and uh, and um, uh, Waterboy. He's like, I like Taylor, and she likes me, and she showed me her boobies, and I like those too. I saw that one. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Speaking but. of which, though, I, I do appreciate the fact that one, I appreciate the fire Kelsey had. But I'm happy that he came out, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, on his podcast and did clarify, because I'm glad his brother called him out, because as fired up as you could be, he almost knocked Andy Reid over. Yeah. And I mean, you're screaming at the head coach, you got cameras everywhere, you got... It, It wasn't a good look. But at the same time, you know that he was screaming because the play before, the backup tight end was in, 
And uh, was it Pacheco's fumble or? It, yeah, I think it was Pacheco's fumble. I think. And so. he was like, you know, if you put me in, the, you know, I'm we, gonna we, block yeah, we're going to yeah. score a touchdown, you know. And so I appreciate the fire. I appreciate that it was about wanting to get back on the field and not about like, hey, you suck. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, you got to at least restrain yourself enough not to bump into the guy and nearly knock him over. Yeah. So I'm happy today he came out. Um, you know, I was also happy to hear that he came out and said Andy Reid came over to him right after and was like, listen, dude, you know, appreciate the fire. You know, you know, I love you, but, you know, you also got to realize I got cameras on me and stuff. So if you could, you know, and I appreciate that Andy Reid had that conversation yeah. with him, that it wasn't shown on TV because, again, it didn't need to be. And but the fact that Kelsey at least was or Travis was man enough to admit to the wrongdoing, saying, listen, I was a little bit... I'm uh, happy that his brother called him out. And, yeah, I'm happy that he took responsibility for it and, you know, he's going to try to be better in the future with it. But, you know, at the same time, definitely appreciate the fire. I don't know what you think of it. I know we touched on it a little bit here with the memes, which were hysterical. <laughs> but, uh yeah, what are your thoughts I, on him bumping Reed and and that whole situation? Yeah, no, it, it was it was it was not the right thing for him to do. It was, it was definitely an immature thing for him to do, and something that he sh- should have known better. Um, and you know, overall, it's you know you don't get to the level a guy like Travis Kelsey gets to if you're not a extremely competitive human being. Like you, you have to be off the wall competitive to be a professional athlete. You just have to be like, there's, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. So him owning it though, on the podcast. And, and especially when you consider how many people that, that like actually listen to that podcast, like he knows he's owning it. Like he knows this isn't some like, Oh, you know, 10 people are going to hear me. Like whatever I'll say, what I got to say, like he owned it. And like, what I loved is how he ended it. He's like, look, he's like, I will only play for coach Reed. Or Big Red is what he calls him. He's like, I will only play for him. So whenever he's calling it quits, I'm calling it quits. There's, I will. I love him. He knows I love him, and I shouldn't have did it the way I did it. And and you just own it, and you're caught up in the moments. It's the biggest game of your life. Like you want to win it. You want that second ring. You you want to do what you've worked so hard to do since you know July, right? Like third ring, just second in a row. Oh, se- I'm sorry. Second in a row, third ring. Like, so I mean, you, I, I don't blame. I, I don't think he, sh- he was right in what he did. But there is a part of me that can understand where the the fire comes from and and the the willingness to get that aggressive. So I'll give him that. He was foot safe on gas and and up there, right? Foot safe on gas. <laughs> and that was well, Kelsey. I mean, his, foot, into him like a car. his foot stayed on the gas. <laughs> well, I mean, overall, we did get a great Super Bowl. I also thought we got a great halftime show. Yeah, so why don't you elaborate a little bit here on the halftime show for a minute? I'm going to grab them tortillas just okay. in case. But um, there is no just in case. I, I'm dying on the hill. I got to get slapped. Well, yeah, why, don't, why don't you get us going here on the halftime show? Because to be honest, as somebody who you know, self said, wasn't the biggest Usher fan. We talked about who'd be coming out on stage, whatever. Yeah, there could be some fun there. It wasn't bad. I got to tell you, I actually kind of enjoyed the halftime show. I mean, I thought he gyrated more than Shakira. 
<laughs> but like honest to god like he he had to have set the super bowl record for gyrations in a halftime I mean, if show I, if i could move like that man i'd gyrate that i much mean so. he was he, he he was moving it you know he was he he those hips were didn't lie oh they yeah, were no. uh they, they were moving so but i he, that that was one thing i took away though is that he he gyrated a lot and the performance was actually you know especially towards the end you know kind of fun the rollerblades impressed me too, but yeah, no, nah, I um, I, when I when I watching that show, I was I was singing. If I was at home by myself, I probably would have got up and danced a little bit. Um, starting off with you know coming out and having Alicia Keys there and and somebody that's a, an amazing artist, um, and she sounded great, and you know she had a quick moment in the spotlight to do her own song, and then. You know, they do the song that they did together, My Boo, which is, you know, one of one of uh, the more popular Usher songs. But just the way they mixed it, I thought was really cool. And like kind of doing like like these little like 30 second, 45 second, you know, parts of each song. Um, the rollerblade part, like I said, was really cool. I don't think I've ever seen anybody, you know, come out on stage and do a performance on rollerblades. Um you know, having Usher or having little John and Ludacris come out and do yeah um was probably the highlight of the show and you know for most casual music fans that maybe don't really listen to usher specifically everybody knows yeah everybody's heard yeah everybody's heard it somewhere whether it be in the car at a bar you know whatever it is everybody's heard the song yeah so i thought it was pretty cool uh to see usher and little john um you know i think uh, i didn't even they had uh Jermaine Dupree, uh, they had Will I Am, so like just mixing in all these artists that he's performed with, and, and the combination of everything, and then the woman that was playing the guitar that got that guitar solo, her. I didn't know who the hell that was. I had to wait until after this her. the Super Bowl to find out who it was, but she killed that guitar. She killed it. I was very impressed with her her little solo that she got. I thought that was really good. She was great. Um, my my wife had no idea who Jermaine Dupri was. Like he, <laughs> she was like, "Who's this guy?" I'm like, "I think that's Jermaine Dupri." But then I saw afterwards a lot of people thinking it was CeeLo Green. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was CeeLo. And I thought that was hysterical because I was like, oh, I can see it. <laughs> like he looked just The only like difference him. is, is CeeLo's got shorter arms. <laughs> CeeLo's got like little T-Rex arms. <laughs> He's so but like, I mean, the shoes he was wearing, he looked like he was like an eight-year-old girl going to church in those fucking shoes. I was, that was a hell of a freaking combination, man. You say you drive it round town. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was about to do it. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. like if, if foul language gets slid into the talk and it happens, but I'm like, I can't just scream it. Um, but no, there's, I thought the half, but like, especially for me being somebody like I've liked Usher since his first album, My Way. Like, been a fan of him since then. I've always been a hip hop R and B guy. So like, <clears throat> the songs he's done, like, and what's crazy is like. Everybody's only you know heard two songs that he's done with uh, Little John and and um, Ludacris, and it's Love in This Club and and yeah, but they've actually done like two or three other songs. They just never made them mainstream songs, 
And there's was some... he on shots? Because why? Because Little John came out, uh, you know, turned down for what? Well, that was so. What they were doing was they were trying to give each artist a little bit of their own moment. Little so little like Alicia Keys yeah. started with her own song, and then they trans. Oh, I thought that tran- was collab. Nah, so they she started with her own song, and then they transitioned into uh, the song. My, but you know what I appreciated the most, and, and a lot of other people don't appreciate this. A lot of other people out here criticizing it, whatever. I appreciated the fact that her voice wasn't perfect. I appreciated that, like, when those first couple notes weren't perfect. Because you want to know what it told me? That she was actually singing. Yeah. That she was actually there doing it. Like, not, not, because how many times have you seen Super Bowls? And they mail it in. They just they lip sync it the whole time, and and they dance, and and that's it. I appreciated the fact that she was actually singing and trying to sing. Like I, that is what I took away from it. I was like, "Holy shit!" All right, I can appreciate that because I appreciate that as an artist. She's coming out there; she's not trying to hide it. She's not trying to, you know. Granted, she wanted to sound better than I'm sure in her first few notes. Yeah. But it's real. Like yeah. that's to me real music, and I'd rather hear that than just a track that you play while I watch yeah, you dance. I, I can put on my own damn radio if I Ex- want to. Exactly. Yeah. Give me a performance, and that's what I feel like I got. Yeah. So, and I feel like it was the same kind of like I don't feel like Luda was you know I feel like that was Luda's the, you oh, know yeah. doing his part. It felt like that was Little John doing his part. Like I didn't feel like this one where so many others I can look back on and be like that was lip sync. That didn't sound right. Like that yeah. didn't look right. Something was off. This one, it just. It was kind of fun. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I, yeah. You know, you know me. I, I'd crap on it if, if, it, I, if I could, I, but I can't. I, I, it really was, to me, uh, a pleasant surprise. I, I, like I said, I genuinely enjoyed it. I, the one thing that would have been even cooler though was, uh, if you remember in the regular season during halftime, Ludacris did a performance at a uh, Falcons game in Atlanta, where he's from. And they uh, they propelled them down from the the ceiling, and he came down in a harness. Like if he came down wrapping that verse from a harness, I would have probably fallen off the couch I was sitting on. But yeah, overall game was a good time, man. I enjoyed it. The halftime show, I enjoyed it. It beginning to end, probably one of the best Super Bowls I uh, I, I can remember in recent history, including the halftime show and everything. I definitely thought they did good with it. No, I'm I'm with you. I think start to finish. Um, again, maybe you want to criticize the start of the game because it was a little bit more, you know, defensive. But at the same time, like, you know, I think it, the way it ended, the way the second half went, the way the halftime show went, the way everything went. <laughs> just in case, since you guys can't see it, Eric just took the tortilla out of the wrapper, put it in his hand, did a quick little practice wipe. He, he's loosening up the shoulder. Um, as we approach the the end of, end of uh, Die on This Hills episode this week, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a Die on This Hill question for you. Oh, I do. Uh, I uh, actually we got, got one. one. Okay, we got one because there was supposed to be somebody else joining us today. Okay, Eric, our buddy Eric Pfeiffer, um, and he was going to join us, but you know, listen, life happens, things happen. Wasn't I mean, able when to you join have us. two kids under three years old. So it, speaking mean. of which, you know, because I know he wanted to join in, he had said to me out of fun that this is what he's dealing with right now in his household. Um, his son, Reed, wants a treat from his Valentine's Day bag. But they told him he could only have the treat if he eats his dinner first. Okay, okay, okay. 
Well, fair, 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 fair. You would think he's refusing to eat his dinner without the treat first. He well says played, everyone Reed. is well dying played. on their hill. Maybe that should be the question of the day. Should we? Should they have given in and given him the treat so that he would have eaten his dinner? Or should they die on the hill and hold their guns and not allow him the treat, which may include him not having dinner? So which way do you fall on this, on this sword? Which hill are you dying on? All right, so... If I'm a parent, put I, yourself in it. This is your shoes. Your your okay. your 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 situation. All right. So, which it, hill are you it, dying? If if it's my shoes, that means I'm Uncle Dave, right? Right. Yep. Like I, I'm yeah. Uncle Dave. I'm not I'm, Uncle Dave. I'm, Uncle Dave's I'm, watching Reedman. Uncle Dave's watching Reedman. And it's your. So you're. He's over your house. It's Valentine's. Guys, little Valentine's Day bag. You're making dinner. Uh, you tell him, hey, listen, man, you, you, you read, you, you can have a treat or two, but you got to eat your dinner first. And he says, no, I want my treat first, and I'm dying on this hill. What are you doing? Uncle Dave is caving in a heartbeat and giving Reed his treat before dinner because that kid is adorable. I do not know how Fife is his dad. Might want to get a DNA test because that kid is too cute to be Fife's son. Uh, but no, all jokes aside, Fife, because I know at some point you're going to listen to this. So, But... My answer is true. 100% See, Uncle Dave, eh. here's your treat. Because when it's all said and done, Reed, I'm I'm here to make life more fun and enjoyable. It's mom and dad's job to, to reprimand well, you. No, no, teach no. So, so now say, so then, so, but what if it was your kid, though? So say you're not Uncle Dave. Say now it's it's your son. If, if it's my son, he's eating dinner before he gets his treat. All right, because that's the hill I'm dying on. Yes. Yeah, even 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 as uncle, if 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 the instructions from from Eric were to me that he's got to have his dinner before he has a treat, oh, I see. gotta be honest. I I'm holding. I'm I'm sticking firm on that hill, and I'm t- unfortunately maybe I know I'm still gonna be the fun uncle. I know I'm still gonna be. I listen. This is a hill I could die on, and I don't think the kid is gonna hate me for life. So to me. I'm dying on the hill because eventually, guess what? That kid's going to cave because that kid's going to get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. Oh, yeah. And eventually he's going to go. And and more than likely, they made him something he likes for dinner anyway. Yep. So because they wanted him to eat. So more than likely, if I'm making him something I know he's going to want to eat, I'm holding out. I'm dying on this hill because I know you, kid. I live with you. I. I know you like this food. Well, no, no, you're going to you, get hungry no, no, enough to you, where you eat you, this you, first. You don't live with him. You said even if you're, uh, you know, fun Uncle Eric. Oh, no, no, but you're, I'm just saying whether, whether, but, my son, whether, it's my, whether it's my son or whether I am uh, uh, Uncle Eric watching. Because, I mean, I got a little Parker man now. If, if, if the instructions were for little Parker man that he's got to eat his dinner first. Yes, yeah, I, I gotta be honest. See, I'm gonna hold firm because it's a, to me, it's a hill that I could die on. That this kid isn't going to hold, you know, hold against me for the rest of time. No, he he won't hold it against you for the rest of his life. That is for sure. But what I do know is, my convo with him is very simple. You get your treat, but you have to eat your dinner. And when mom and dad get home, you tell them you didn't get your treat until after dinner. And if you do that, I'll sneak you another treat before I leave. Fun Uncle Dave, no offense, but I'm sorry. The little man's going to win. He'll give me the pouty face. He'll stomp his feet. I'll feel horrible. Here's your treat. Eat your dinner. You tell mom and dad that you you didn't have your treat until after dinner, and I will give give you another treat before I leave. 
But I feel like that's the difference between us. Like where you, you know, you avoid the confrontation more. (laughs) And you know me, I run like a bull through a china shop headfirst into it. So I I think it's just the difference in... uh, Personality, but I, yeah. I I appreciate that we're both dying on different hills today. Yeah, no, it it's it's not gonna happen all the time. I mean, I, I we I'm regretting that we died on different hills that didn't go in my favor. Which, by um, the way, you bet next. against Mahomes how many times? You four bet against times this playoffs. Four times. You went against Miami, them every week. Miami, every week. Buffalo, Baltimore, and San Francisco picked all four of them to knock. But uh, look, the Miami one was fun, right? Like the Miami one, I knew in the back of my head there's a good chance I'm wrong on this, yeah. right? But I was still willing to bet on it. I was not bet on it. I was still willing to make that my game pick. I was I was cool with it. Buffalo and Baltimore was made, and San Francisco was made in a genuine belief that I thought each one of those teams was better than Kansas City this year and had the opportunity to beat them. And I went over if this was a baseball game, I batted zero and most likely am getting sent down to the minor leagues. Yeah. Got to own it. It is what it is. So there's a tortilla slap that is about to take place. Um, I feel like this is a good one, too, because it's a little bit oblong. Just just make sure just make sure you line up the right way. We'll see what I need you to do first. So I'll talk for a minute here. Get your camera lined up because again, Dave promised to show some peeps at work this. You know, we're gonna make sure that if you want actual physical proof of Dave getting slapped in the face with a tortilla, you'll be able to find it. Actually, if I get the video from you, I could probably even post it to our to to our YouTube this is die on not this going on social media there will be no access to this other than what's on my phone and if I'm willing to let you hold it and watch uh, I am not accepting this being on social media for but anybody. we will have the proof but either way um yeah so I'm happy that you're at least paying up on the bed here oh you gotta own it I think, oh, you're uh, standing up? I was going to have you sit. I'm going to uh, do this from a oh, sitting oh, position. Oh, you from a sitting yeah. position? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me move this just in case yeah, you make my Yeah, I just figure it's, got, it's a little bit easier. Plus, I don't need to get my whole body into it. I mean, I feel like if I do that, I'm going to end up like tearing it before it even gets to your face. So what I need you to do, though, is once you get the camera lined up, I'm going to need you to position yourself in a way that I can get like a practice like... Swinging, not really hit you, but I need to. Wait, are we good? Yeah. Let let yeah, let's let let's be good here. So wait a second. All right, hang on. So I think right there, I think is gonna be. I just gotta get boom. All right. So uh, I don't know if you wanna. I don't know if you wanna count down. Oh, uh, I'm hitting record now, and you go when you are ready. I can always edit the video. Five, four. Three, a two, a one. <laughs> Bitch slapped in the face. That like on the whole side cheek and So I don't know if you were oh able to hear that uh, as much as. That, it was yeah, fun there to see. There was some decent sound, but it, you, and I appreciate it. you didn't catch like the ear. Right, like you literally caught like exactly. I wanted where to do it right. Yeah, I'm not trying to hurt you I, or do you, anything you, malicious. You, you, you caught is, me you know, exactly where I was hoping for. So, let's, I, I go ahead and rewatch. See if you're happy with uh, your slap. Well, we're not doing it again. Three, two, a one. Oh, what? 
That had some good sound. There's no way the mic didn't pick that up. Oh my god! I'm, well, I gotta say, I'm not even. I hope everybody enjoyed wait. that as much as I enjoyed that. I'm not because, even uh, wait. That just got sent to her. <laughs> oh my god! She already broke your own rules. Now on somebody else's phone. Yeah, but I, I if she puts that on social media, she's getting kicked out of the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man! Well. Uh, my friend, I, I mean, I am sure we could find more things to uh, go over. But that you came know from what? The Super Bowl. You know what? I'm a man who loves love, and it is Valentine's Day. Exactly. And I think it's time you get home to Amanda. We're making and, homemade uh, pizzas tonight. We're nice. going to make a, a plain, a drunken, and a white. Whoa. Yeah, she went to Uncle Giuseppe's over on 10. Yeah, yeah. And she, she literally called me. She's like, you need to come get me out they of got some good. No, they got oh, some good stuff man, there. Rainbow you could do You could do Ooh. damage in there. Place could damage your wallet. Ooh, wallet, my 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 uh, my arteries. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, but all of it would be well worth it. So. Oh, and then also, like, the prepared sections. Uh, the, the whole... They do a good job over there, Uncle Giuseppe. I, I actually have never... I've only driven there with her, and... Um, she had to run in and get some. We were we were going somewhere, and she just wanted to run and get some, so I stayed in the car. I've actually never physically walked into that store. Dude, it's I'll tell you what, it's a great place to go and just grab something like that. Like if you're going to a party, going to somebody's house, whatever, because they have great fun little things, like even that's like little she, dessert she things, got a, like whatever. Uh, charcuterie like, board, that's yeah, what she yeah. got. She grabbed you get a little one of those. charcuterie yeah. board. You get a little, you know, they have another one that's like almost like dessert nachos they do with like pretzels and stuff. Like they have oh, a, like the a cannoli fun, dip. Yeah, they have oh. cannoli dip. But they, they have a lot of like just you know fun stuff that you could grab real quick and go and take to a party, and it's going to be a hit. So no, I, definitely a great place for that. Yeah, no. So I'm looking forward to that, man. And uh, yeah, got to get home to her. This is our first Valentine's Day living together. So we thought a nice bottle of wine, make some pizza, Beautiful. watch a movie. So little flowers, be, little candy. Oh, uh, I. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you're kind of like a double edged sword in my life today. So I get slapped by a tortilla, but you know, hooking me up uh, with those gorgeous roses, I'm gonna look pretty damn good when I walk in that house. So I nice. I, I do appreciate it, and uh, I'll uh, I'll send you I'll send you a picture of how our pot, uh, how the pizza pies came out. But yeah, man, always happy to die on this hill with you. Um, I'll, I'm trying to be a little more smart about the bets that I make, and uh, hope I don't regret them. But uh, until next time, my friend. Till next time. Find a hill and die on it.